Blog Talk Radio. Good to 
see you here. Good to have so many visitors with us this morning. Praise God. We pray for every one of you that's here today. Thankful that you joined with us, and I hope the Lord blesses your heart today. Amen. Uh, we got we got time for prayer requests this morning. God, if, if something you need to talk to the Lord about, you'd like for us all to pray with you about it. We'd be glad to. Um, I, I want you to pray for my life this morning. We're getting close. Uh, it's, we're going to have a baby by Wednesday. <laughs> we already set the appointment. If she doesn't have a baby before Wednesday, 7.30 Wednesday morning, she's scheduled to have a C-section. We'll have, we'll have our mother again. But hopefully, hopefully, so we can pray for her. And I uh, pray that this baby just comes on the best way we'd rather do it.
But now I go my way to him that sent me, and none of you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's go here and pray this morning. Father, as we come before your throne today, Lord, we come before your throne, Lord. I humbly kneel before you and I ask, Lord, that you might cleanse my vessel, Lord. I pray you cleanse me. Lord, I pray you remove every spot and stain and anything that has to do with sin in my life. Lord, I'm going to get clean vessel before you. And I pray tonight, even this very moment, for the filling and the endowment for the power of the Holy Ghost of God. Lord, that you might fill every time from my knees and give me the power to preach today. Lord, I do nothing in myself. It's all what you want me to do. And I put myself in your hands. And ask, Father, on behalf of these who hear my voice, Lord, that you might open their understanding. Spirit of God, I pray you give them spiritual ears to hear. Lord God, help us to look at it in terms of ourselves. What is the Spirit of God saying to me tonight? Lord, I pray you take these words and will apply to us today, right now, where we live in this moment in time. Father, please help us to gain some understanding and to grow closer to you. Father, Lost and undone without Jesus, I pray today is the day of salvation. Lord, please draw us to yourself now. We'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. I'll try to get this message again the last week. It just did not come together at all. It's just a scrambled mess. Last night, God began to guide me in the extra way he wanted me to go. This morning, I woke up with two scriptures on my heart, and I believe I believe we were not close to them. Some things jumped out to me in this as I, as I began to look at it. Of course, it's the thing that Jesus is telling his disciples, as we know, but those who are here uh, just visiting today, we've been going, I've been going for about three years, uh, bringing us through the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, all the way from before his birth, all the way through to this moment in time where he's been in the upper room with his disciples, maybe he's the last supper. He's washed his disciples' feet. They've left the upper room. They've gone down the steps. They've gone out into the street, the city of Jerusalem. This is a, a conversation had while they're walking. Uh, he's talked to them about how he's the vine, they're the branches, that only through his power, only through his strength, can they do anything. They'll be powerless without him. But God is the one in charge of their growth. God is the one in charge of producing fruit through them. Again, we can do nothing to please God without God's power in us. And as he's telling them these things, he's reminding them that all of his enemies, all of those who come against him, all of those who try to stop him, 
him over the course of the ministry. All those who tried to have him uh, have him uh, locked up or executed, all of them, those people are not going to go away once he's gone. Matter of fact, they're going to, like I said, they're going to turn all their attention to his disciples. They will be the hated ones. And if you read the book of Acts, you learn that that's not absolutely the case. Also, the Christians, and we see it in our world today. Christians are not popular people in America. Christians are being vilified in this nation we live in. We're being looked at as the enemy. This book right here is it, the enemy of God's people. Amen? It's the truth. And uh, the Bible is not popular in many parts of the world. It'll get you arrested. It'll get you killed in some places. But God, he, Christ is telling them, he's giving them some strong thoughts. He says, first of all, the world is going to hate you. Hate is a strong word. Hate means I just simply see you dead as a lie. That's truly what the word hate means. I wish you didn't exist. And so the world truly wishes we didn't exist. It would be the world, the world, when I say the world, I mean those who don't know God. Okay? There are a lot of people in this world who claim to know God, but you can't know God unless you know his son. Unless you know Jesus Christ, and when I say no, I don't mean you know existed. I don't mean that he's a drawing somebody in on something or, or a statue or anything like that. I mean you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is a real person to you that you talk to daily, and he comes and he talks to you daily. That's a personal relationship. There must be a back and forth for there to be a relationship. And those who don't have that relationship despise those of us that do. Jesus said that's going to happen. They're going to hate you. And then a little further down there, he said, you know what? Not only are they going to hate you, but because they hate you, they're going to persecute you. They're not just going to sit around at home and talk about how bad they can't stand you. No, they're going to come to try to find you and make your life miserable. Matter of fact, they're going to try to make sure you can't do things. They're going to try to make sure that you don't have any interaction with your family. They're going to try to make sure you don't have a place to go and work. They're going to try to find you and put you away. And let's, and, uh, let's just ask the question. Well, what happened to these men in the Most of them were killed. The only one we know of that wasn't killed was John. And he died in exile on the Isle of Patmos. By himself. But let's keep going. The fight goes in second verse 20. They're going to persecute you. They're going to make your life a nightmare. Okay? But then when he got into the, when he got into verse 26, he said, but you know, but when the comforter is come, the Holy Spirit of God he's talking about, the very essence, the very spirit of Christ himself, he would sin, even though he and he his glorified bodily person would be at the right hand of the Father, seated there next to him to make intercession for us, so that when Satan comes to, to the Father and says, Yeah, but what about the preacher Brandon? Yeah, he messes up. I see he messed up. Jesus is there to forgive his hands and his feet and say, Father, I shed my blood for him, and therefore his sins are forgiven. He's there on the other path. My character, my character, but the Holy Spirit lives here. Where does he live? He lives in me. He lives in me to remind me daily that I belong to Christ. 
and that I have in him certain advantages and privileges because I am in Christ, which this world does not have and does not understand. The Bible tells me that the Spirit of God will testify of Christ. And he says in verse 27, and ye also shall bear witness. Okay? Well, the way that the Spirit of God testifies that of Christ is through me and you. And if he lives in us, but we're vessels to carry him around. We're vessels to pour out what he is doing in us. But when we get over here in chapter 16, Jesus says to them very plainly, These things have I spoken unto you that you should not be offended. You should not be offended. Now, what do you mean by that? I tell you what, I couldn't have a title for this message. It's everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to suffer and die. That's the truth. No, I mean, we have our choice. None of us wants to suffer. We don't like to hurt. We don't like to be. We don't like to be made fun of. We don't like to be talked ugly about. We don't like to be made the butt of a joke. We surely don't want to be attacked. And we surely don't have to suffer. We don't see our little ones suffer. We don't want to have to take We can look at and for what we believe. But the reality of it is, Jesus told them that may happen. That's going to happen to you guys. But the truth is, it may if the political climate in this country continues to degrade, it, it, it will most certainly happen to a future generation, if not this. But he said, I'm telling you this because I don't want you to be offended. And he said, if you're not the same, you're going to put you out of the synagogue. There's going to be things on that path. Jesus and his disciples freely walked into the synagogue. Jesus preached in the synagogue. He taught in the synagogue. They didn't like it being there. I think of the meal. 
upon millions, upon some 50 million people who perished at the hands of the Catholic Church during the Dark Ages. Some 50 million. Those were believers, most of them, who believed the Word of God above all, especially above that of the Catholic Church who persecuted them at the time. He said they're going to think they do God's service. I think, and, I, and even some of those reformers you speak of, I know they killed some of our Baptist brethren because they baptized them. Um, they're doing many crimes out in history where we're kind of the so that we become, we become disturbed to the earth and they're ready to get rid of us. But Jesus said, and I, and I didn't come to bring you down this morning, but I want you to realize the reality of serving Christ, you're going to be a target. You're going to be the enemy because we have an enemy. We have an adversary, the devil, who walketh about seeking and we may devour, the Bible tells us. He's not happy just for us to be quiet. He wants to devour us. And Jesus said, he said, these things have I told you. He, oh, I'm sorry, verse 3. He said, that these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. They may think, they, see, they think they're doing God's service. He said, but they don't even know me. Amen. If they the Son, they have peace. If they had peace, they wouldn't look at you the way they look at you. They wouldn't try to do you the things they try to do to you because they would have peace, but they don't have peace because they don't know me. He said, these things that I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember what I told you of them. He said, I want, when these things begin to happen, you don't need to let this shock you. You don't let, need to let this stop you. You need to get this in your mind that this is a very good possibility of happening. And he said, these things I said not only you at the beginning, he said, I was with you. Okay? I was with you. I was going to be with you every step of the way. But now, and he said, but now I go my way to him that sent me. I'm about to die. I'm about to be buried. I'm about to rise. And I'm about to ascend. And I'm about to go back to my father. He said, I'm about to do all that. He said, and none of you asketh me when or go us thou. Nobody at that point was interested in what Jesus was going and what was going on. Did you know why no one was interested? Because suddenly they had begun to worry more about themselves than they had about Christ. There on that very night he could be crucified. They stopped thinking about him and they were only thinking of themselves. And he listened to it and sit there in the very next verse. He said, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. You are being you have become depressed because of what I said, and you're focusing on well, what's gonna happen to me. What will happen to me if I speak up for Christ? What will happen to me if we stand on what the book says? What will happen to me if the government tells me not to worship God? What will happen to me if the government tells me I need to sing in church? What will happen to me? A lot of people ask me questions like that. These And we won't find here in the text the stipulation of things that Christ says, well, if we do this, do this. If we do this, do this. No. Christ says, you just testify. You just tell what you've seen and heard. You just proclaim the things that you know to be true. 
sorrow has filled your heart. Okay? I'm going to look back in Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. He said, Because I said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and following. The Bible says, Jesus said, it said, When he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Now listen to these words closely. Whosoever will come after me. Now, I said, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'll follow you forever. I'll follow you now. He said, Okay. He said, Well, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let him deny himself. Well, what does that mean? Well, let him deny himself and take up his cross. Well, when you take up that cross, this where you're going. You're going to die, aren't you? Amen? He said, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So in order for us to follow him, we're going to have to die. Well, what does that mean? Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, but yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Then the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. So what are you saying, Jesus? He says, you need to quit worrying about what people think about you. You need to worry about what people do or say to you. And you just need to realize that you are in me and I'm in you. And they're going to reach you and going to despise you because you belong to me. And so you better be ready to go ahead and say, no matter what happens, I'm dying with Jesus. I'm going, I am going to sacrifice myself to him. He is mine. I am him. He is. And so everything else that goes on uh, around that will be it. I have sold, I have burned the bread behind me. I'm doing with all that old meat. I belong to him. He said, for whosoever will save his life. Save his life what? His life. What he, what he, what he planned, what he dreamed, what he thought it was going to be. How he thought it could be. All the all, all his dreams, all his hopes, all his desires. He said, you try to, you try to hang on to all that? You try to chase all that? Listen, I used to have a dream. I had a dream once. You want to hear it? What it is, it's silly. It's stupid. I wanted to be a famous country singer at one time. Isn't that stupid? That's what I wanted to do with my life. That was before I, that was before I served God. That, that was my plan. Now, I look back on it now, and I'm like, how ridiculous. If I had a God, all that I wanted, I'd be a very unhappy man. So, well, you'd be rich. Rich don't make you happy. Bible says it's better to sit down and eat a salad by yourself than it is to have a bunch of women. I mean, it's better to sit down and eat a salad with people you love than to have a whole town count nobody. And nothing. And I've seen enough episodes behind the music to know what happens to people when they get rich in the music business. Their life turns to ruin. He said, Who's going to save his life? You'll lose it. What end, the end result of it? It's empty when it comes to the end of a life and you realize I've wasted it on stuff. I've wasted it on things that didn't matter, that didn't matter to anything. 
What a shame it is to find oneself at the end of one's life with empty hands. And he said, but whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. In the end, in the end of the life that's given to Jesus, in the end of the life that's committed to Christ to serve him, to share his message of salvation with other people, a life that's given to, to, the, to the help of others, to others' needs, not chasing after one's own selfish desires, but trying to help others achieve their goals, trying to help them reach things, uh, trying to help them reach goals spiritually. Listen, a life that's lived in that manner is not a wasted life. And when we come to the end of that life, there's a reward that Christ has for us. He said, the one who loses his own life for my sake and the God, that doesn't necessarily mean you die a murder death, but that means that you sacrifice yourself to help others. For Christ's sake. He said, the same shall save it. He said, for what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Now listen to these words. He said, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. All I can tell you is this. I don't want Christ to be ashamed when he looks at me. I don't want Christ to look at me and say, Brandon, why don't you chase all those dreams that you didn't do anything for me? Brandon, why don't you waste your time on foolishness of the world? I don't want Christ to look at me with those eyes. But Jesus was trying to communicate this to his disciples, that if we care about have a world views of us, then we won't give God what he deserves. If we don't, if we're so concerned about others uh, and, and how they talk about us when we're not there, but, uh, listen, we can't be concerned with those things. That's what he was afraid of. That's what Jesus is warning them of. Not that Jesus was afraid, but he was concerned. Your heart is full of sorrow because you might think I don't want you to do your heart is going to spiral because they're not going to keep you around. These are the people that hate Jesus, by the way. And you say you care what they think. That's the reason all Christians are right in America. You know that? That's why we're going to spiral for your Because nobody wants to speak up. I get kicked out of your home. Who knows what might happen if it's time for Jesus? I mean, we got those in the woods saying, I'm not for Jesus. He's sold here to the cross. This eye is royal banner. It must not suffer loss. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching with the war. With the cross of Jesus going on the floor. We'll crown it to King. Tall and sing neath the banner of the cross. I don't see it in America. I wish I did. I saw a glimpse of it in the 70s when I was a little kid. I didn't see it on the ground. You see, everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to die. And so Jesus makes plans. Listen, you can't, you, 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 you're not serving me. You don't need to be ashamed of me. You need to be bold and speak. 
speak it up. You need to let the Spirit of God be the power in you. You need to let the Spirit of God speak through you. All right, let's look at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. We've got to hurry here. Acts chapter 20. So I want to give you an example of what that looks like when I said, when I said that, you know, that we're going to lose our life in Christ for the gospel's sake. Let's see what that looks like. Acts chapter 20, verse 17 through 20. In Acts chapter 20, verse 17, the Apostle Paul, he was uh, he was getting ready to sail, and he was leaving Ephesus. And he, he knew at that time that he would never see their, these people's places again. These were people he had labored there with for, uh, for I can't remember now, but he had been there for three years, he had labored with them. He loved these people with all his heart. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, this is the end of the church that John pastored. Church of Ephesus, was that not his church? I, I can't remember at this moment. But Paul was getting ready to leave there again. And here's, here's what happened. Verse 17, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, You know from the first day that I came unto Asia, after what you mean about this, you in all seasons. Here's how he had been there. Serving the Lord with all humility of mind. And with many tears and temptation, which befell me by the line and way of the Jews. They were trying to kill me while I was here, is what he said. He said, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you. He has showed you and have taught you publicly, and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now the old go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. He's saying they don't offend me. None of these things offend me. The fact, the fact that I know that when I go there, they're going to lock me up. I know that ahead of time. I know I'm going to be in prison because of my faith. But that doesn't stop me. That doesn't scare me. I'm not offended. I know that I have to suffer as a, as a Christian. I realize that I'm going to have to endure some things that are uncomfortable as a Christian. Christ, Christ went to the cross for crying out loud. How can we think we're going to pass through this world on a flowery bed of ease when our suffer, our Savior suffered the way He suffered? Paul said, "None of these things really me. He says, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, we know that he all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Paul told him, you just, you just keep on preaching that word. You just keep on preaching that word. You keep on sharing that word. You don't stop witnessing. You don't stop being a, a testimony to the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to me if they want me up. It doesn't matter to me if they kill me. I'm going to do it because he gave his life for mine. And I'm glad to give my life for his. That is the example of what Christ is talking about. 
And he said, fellas, y'all hearts will start. You're worried about the wrong things. You're concerned about the wrong things. And Jesus, as only Jesus can do, knowing that, that their hearts were in the wrong place, knowing that their mind was on the wrong thing, he just said, nevertheless. Because you know what? Christ knows how we Christ knows how frail we are. Christ knows how hard it is to get us to see. But he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is good. It's expedient that I should go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come to me. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will approve the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Thank God that he does what he does. Let me tell you this morning, I thank God that the Holy Spirit of God is the one that can do it. I've preached thousands of sermons, but I've never convicted anyone. And matter of fact, I wouldn't want to convict this person. And I'll tell you this, if anybody got convicted because of me, then they didn't really get under conviction. God, the Holy Ghost, is the one who takes this truth right here and reaches right into your soul and spirit. The Holy Spirit of God is the one who takes the truth and lays it down next to your truth and sees if it matches up. The Holy Ghost is the one who's able to take the sin that's in our life and put his finger on it and cause us to shudder at the thought sinning against a righteous and a holy God. You see, I can't do that. Because you can turn back around and say, but you're a sinner too. That's true. Therefore, I can't convict you. But I can preach it in truth. And God the Holy Ghost can do the work. When he should come, he will recruit. He will do convicting the world of sin. He said in verse 9, of sin, because they believe not on me. In John chapter 3 and verse 36, the Bible says there, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It's all about believing, amen. Jesus, the Bible says, who sort of believeth in him could not perish, but have everlasting life. And here it says, he that believeth on the Son and I've done this before, but I'll do it again just for the sake of, of demonstration. This is a chair. We all believe it's a chair, right? But in order for me to believe, I believe in the chair, you believe in the chair. But in order for me to believe on the chair, which is different than believing in the chair, to believe on the chair, I have to trust the chair. I have to depend on the chair. And I have to rely on the chair. If I sit down, it'll have to keep me off the floor. So in order for me to believe on the chair, we can even talk about it all day long. But we have to prove it. And until we put all our weight on it. Now I'm believing on the chair. Because I'm trusting the chair. Okay? We can talk about, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus all day long. But unless you fully put of your sins on and say, Jesus, if I go to hell, will it be your will? 
I'm 100% trusting you. Nothing of me, only you. If I do that, then I'm forgiven because he went to that cross to pay my sin debt. Okay, I can't show somebody that they can do that, but I'm going to tell you what. The Holy Spirit of God, the Comforter, he can. The Holy Christ has never asked me to convict anybody. All he's asked me to do is witness. He's just told me to tell him the truth. Out of a prayer and compassionate loving heart. Not in front of the Going to hell and everybody's going right there with him. Oh, when the Holy Spirit 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.